chapter 3, starting at verse 16. And these are the words of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I think those two verses from the Bible are of crucial importance. They're of crucial importance. One, that because of love, God risked his one and only precious son. And if you have kids, you know how precious your children are to you. And though the world was full of mess and wrongdoing, <laughs> he didn't come to tell them off. And that's the good news because so many people in our world today are expecting a telling off from God. But he said he's come not to condemn and point out our faults, though they are many, but to save us. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about what that actually means and why it's so important to me personally. And it is because it was on Easter Day many years ago, nearly 50 years ago, that I first heard the good news about Jesus when I was a child. I was a school child when I first heard that story. And it was on Easter Day that I heard why Jesus came and why he had to die. And it was explained so clearly my heart believed, and I became a Christian as a child on Easter Day. And so today, in a way, is like my rebirth day. Somebody said at the beginning, it's about being born again. So it's a day of my rebirth day. So Phil, could you come and help me with this? Could you just take the lid off that and put the lid on the side? Because I've bought myself a rebirth day cake today. All right, which we'll feature in a little while in the story. Thank you, Phil. Oh, no, there'll be more. There'll be more. So let me tell you about how that happens. So kids, when I was growing up uh, with my mum and dad, um, they were a lovely mum and dad, but they didn't know God or follow him. So I was in a really nice home, but there was something missing. Even as a child, I knew there was something missing. And across the road from where I lived was another family, and they went to church. They didn't just go to church uh, because they had to. They went because they wanted to. And they were proper Christians, but I didn't know that that was what it was at the beginning. I just liked them, and I was friends with one of the little girls there whose name was Ruth. 
So one Sunday, I went and knocked on the door of Ruth's house to see if she could come out to play. And the, her mum answered the door, and I asked if Ruth could come and play, and she said, well, I'm really sorry, but Ruth won't be able to play right at the moment because we're about to go to church. And I thought, oh. But then the mum said a very important question. She said, but would you like to come with us? So parents, your children will make friends with all sorts of different people of different backgrounds, belief, unbelief, whatever. But there might come a day where you could ask another child if they'd like to come with your children <laughs> to church. And I wanted to. So I went over, asked my mum. She said it was okay. And I went to the village church where the vicar there was a proper believer. And I started to go to this thing called Pathfinders, which was a Sunday school group. And then the first Easter arrived since I started going to church. So Easter Sunday arrived and I was in a meeting of all ages like this, but, you know, in a traditional church with bells and, you know, stained glass windows and pews and everything. And on that Easter Sunday, the vicar told us really what happened on Easter Sunday. He told us why Jesus came. So this is where I need your help, Phil. If you could bring the cake and the lighter and come and stand up here with the cake stand and the lighter. All right. So the vicar said that when Jesus came into the world, when he was born about 2,000 years ago, he came to bring some light, light, aha, light, yeah, into the world. In fact, he is called the light of the world because the world had become a dark place because of all the problems in it. And that he'd sent his son from heaven to come to start to rescue. He was, a, he was the rescue plan of God. He came into a dark world with lots of anger and fighting and hunger and strife and pain. And he came and his life was so beautiful, so full of love, so full of healing and power. It's like a bright light shining in the darkness. And for 33 years, Jesus lived that life of light particularly in the last three years of his life, after he was baptized and filled with the Spirit, he did three years of miracles. Did you know that? He did three years of miracles, and everybody around could see that he was something really, really special. The light of God had come into the world, the vicar told me. But then on the day that we strangely call Good Friday, a bad thing happened to this good man. What happened to Jesus on what we call Good Friday? Does anybody know? 
Yes, Esther. Very good. Some people stopped believing in him. Some people never believed in him, did they? And they arrested him because the light was showing up where wrong things were going, and it made them very uncomfortable. They arrested him. They beat him, didn't they? They put him in prison, and then his own people, the same ones that he'd loved and fed, and healed, turned against him. And on Good Friday, he was taken to the cross, wasn't he? We got a reminder of the cross up there, where he wore a crown of thorns, and he was fixed to the cross by nails through his body. And though he was the powerful son of God, for some reason he let that happen. And after three hours of darkness... Jesus gave up his spirit. Did you know his life wasn't taken from him? He gave it up willingly. That's what the Bible says. He gave up his spirit. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And as Jesus died, the light of Christ was taken out of the world. So it was actually a really sad day when that happened. And as we looked in the cartoon, all his disciples were filled with despair and didn't know what was going to happen and how this rescue plan was going to work out now. This is a very strange rescue plan. But then the vicar went on to explain that though God's heart, the father's heart was broken, to do this he had another thing in mind this wasn't the end of the story and that on the third day he released power into the tomb where Jesus had been laid wrapped in grave clothes and boom life went yeah back into him and he arose from the dead. And so it's on Easter Sunday that we remember Jesus coming back to life. And those chicks are in peril there. It's getting warm down here. Yeah. And hope came back into their hearts. So I think we better blow that out so we don't have a chick burning. Get on with it, Heather. Lunch is to come, yes. So, I heard that as a child, that Jesus came back to life. And that because he had died on the cross and whilst there received all the pain, all the punishment due, all the guilt, all the shame that my wrongdoings might ever deserve and your wrongdoings might ever deserve, that he'd taken it, but then it hadn't beaten him, that he'd conquered it, he'd got victory, he won, he beat it. 
he came back to life. Because he had done that for me, I had a chance of this new start that Merv mentioned. I have a choice of new life to be born again, to start again. So though I was only a school child, I really wanted to take that opportunity. I really loved what Jesus had done for me. I really wanted to receive the gift he was offering me that Easter Sunday of a new clean start and to belong to him, to belong to his family. Because though he had made me originally, I'd made some poor choices already in my life that had separated me from feeling close to God. And I wanted to have that relationship, okay? And so on that Easter Sunday morning, when the vicar explained that really clearly to me, well, to all of us who were in the church, as a school child, I believed that. And he said, so if you believe that this is true, you can pray a simple prayer even today. And you can receive Jesus into your life. You can start that new life with him. And he will be so happy because he'll be able to see that all he went through was worth it. And so the vicar said a simple prayer through the mic, and there in my pew, in my seat, I repeated it quietly under my breath where I was, okay? Which brings me to this book, because it was in looking in this book for children that I remembered all of this again. And I thought, I want to tell the story about that today. And this book um, is brilliant. It's all about coming to know God. And J. John, the writer, tells the gospel story even better than I've just told you. And he also tells the story of how you can become a Christian. So if I can find the right page. He says, um, what we can do. And the prayer of response, a suitable response to hearing the good news of Easter goes a bit like this. It's an ABC, simple as ABC. A, admit that you've done wrong things. B, believe that Jesus died for you on the cross so that you can be forgiven. And C, Commit yourself to follow Jesus. It means doing your very best to obey Jesus and being prepared to say that you are one of his followers. And I did an ABC prayer like that. And I was a little bit nervous and a little bit excited about doing that prayer because I didn't know how my mum and dad would respond or react to that. But I was brave and I did it anyway. And at the end of the service, in um, Church of England churches, Anglican churches, 
They often decorate the church on Easter Sunday with something like this, that the kids and Beth helped me make this morning before we came. And it's called an Easter garden. Okay. And any of the kids that helped, can you come on up and we'll talk everybody through what's in the Easter garden? Yes, you helped. That's great. Come and join in. So where's Lexi? Maybe Lexi can start us off with what the great big green mound is. Can we see? stand around the side? That's it so everybody can see and we'll, I'll ask everybody something, okay? So what do you think the green mound was about? Can you remember in this bit in here? Do you want to whisper it to Daddy? It's okay. If he d she doesn't want to, that's fine. I know you know really, don't you? Yes. So... The green mound here represents, and we've got in here a cave or a tomb, it represents the tomb that Jesus' body was in. And then we've got a great big round rock there. What was that all about? That was, supp that was supp supposed to be the stone which was rolled away. Yes. So we've got a big stone rolled away from the front of the cave. They'd put a massive, heavy stone in front of Jesus' grave. I mean, if you've ever seen them, they're about this high, aren't they, Sue? Really heavy, too heavy for a person just to push. And then inside the tomb, what's in there, Jonathan? Grave clothes. Yeah, can you see them? They're wrapped up because when Jesus came back to life, he didn't want to be wrapped up like a mummy anymore. He folded the clothes and they were in there. And what have we got guarding the tomb there? What's this? An angel. Yes. Though I found out this week that angels don't have wings. They're just massive and shiny and they look like men, but they're powerful. Okay. So there was an angel at the entrance of the tomb and then we've got some little orange men. I wonder if you can guess what the orange men are. Do you know what they are, Boaz? Um, well done, the disciples. Did you hear that? They're the disciples running to... They, they thought they were just going to come and... Uh, treat Jesus' body with beautiful smelling potions. They expected to find him dead, but they were really surprised when they found the stone was rolled away. They thought, what on earth has happened? There's a grave cloth, cloth there, and then some gospel stories say an angel, some say Jesus himself spoke to them. And then they went running off again to go and tell the, their friends that he was alive. So we've decorated the garden with all sorts of beautiful things to remind us this is where new, new life can begin. And as a school child, sort of, how old are you? Nine. Yeah, maybe a year older than you. I went up to this um, miniature Easter garden after I'd prayed that prayer I told you about. And I looked in and I saw the grave clothes wrapped. And something spiritual happened to me. 
in my tummy, it's like I, w I went all excited and bu something bubbled up. Something leapt inside with excitement. I thought, he's alive. Oh, I've gone all tingly now just even thinking about it. And I think it was his Holy Spirit inside of me that had come into me when I prayed that prayer going, yes, yes. There was an inner witness and I believed. So I wanted to share this with you today to tell you how I became a Christian and to say, you know, there's no age limit. When you hear the good news of what Jesus has done for you, if you believe, whether you're 90, whether you're nine, whether you're just a few months, I don't, there isn't an age limit. When you believe, if you pray that prayer honestly in your heart, he will come into your life. And he's been in my life ever since. It was the best decision I've ever made. I want to thank you for helping make this this morning because it's reminding me of my rebirthday. And I hope you have rebirth days too. So thank you. Shall we give the kids a round of applause for doing a good job there? Oh, we've got the cross at this end as well to remind us of the journey. That's really good. So I've nearly finished my talk now. So if the band would like to come on up, that would be good. But as the band comes up, I thought what I would do, if you would stand with me, is that I would read this simple prayer of salvation. And there may be somebody here today, a child or an adult, who would like to respond to this good news as well. But even if you've already prayed a prayer like this, maybe today you'd like to say it again just to recommit your life to the Lord. So I'm going to read it, and then where you are, quietly where you are, you can repeat the words just quietly in your seat. Okay. Lord Jesus Christ, I realize that you want me. Lord Jesus Christ, I realize that you want me. I admit that I have done, said, and thought bad things. I admit that I have done, said, and thought bad things. I'm sorry, and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I'm sorry, and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my life now by your Holy Spirit. Come into my life now by your Holy Spirit and make me clean. Please guide me and help me every day of my life. Please guide me and help me every day of my life. Amen. Amen. So, any kids at all who perhaps prayed that prayer this morning and who'd like to read this book, would like to have this book, then I'd love to chat with you at the end. Come and find me, and I'd be happy to make a gift of this book to you so that you can begin 
knowing God more. So take a seat, everyone. Now, you know I said it's a participation morning. Well, I want to invite some participation from you now. The bands are going to just begin to play um, some chords and a background rhythm. And I thought it would be really amazing for Jesus to hear from us our prayers of thankfulness. Our prayers of thankfulness as we remember what he's done for us. Yeah? Our personal thanks. And so what we're going to do is something called quick fire prayers of thanks. <laughs> 